0: That's from a movie. I don't remember. What it Everything you say is from a movie. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about it. It's like most of my vocabulary. Like when I was six years old, I could <laughs> quote from memory the entire script for Dumb and Dumber. Wow, mm-hmm. that says a lot. Hi, I'm Big, and I am white. And together, we are big and white. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, Big? Two-part episode, two-part
1: episode, and this is part two! Yeah! Welcome back! Glad that you didn't get scared away by part one. This week, we're talking about our top ten most important things we think People should do
0: when they visit Kathmandu. Yep. We know that after the last episode, you were so convinced about how freaking awesome Nepal is that you're like, dude, I'm going to the airport now. I'm buying a plane ticket now. And you're like listening to this on the plane.
1: Right. Yeah. Because you have Wi-Fi on your plane. Yep. And um, you also probably went and listened to um, some famous songs about Kathmandu because mm. that's really important. Yep. yeah. Um, I, I recommend Cat Stevens, but Bob Seeger's. Kind of <laughs> I'm really just like waiting for you to start seeing one of them and you're not coming through for me.
0: I was too busy burping <laughs> <laughs> Cat do. That's really really where I'm going to. I don't really know that song. If I ever get out of here, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to be that dude who's like <laughs> off to the side of Cat Stevens, who's just like randomly there, like smoking a cigarette. Yes.
1: <laughs> you all should look up that video, the Cat Stevens, Catman do something. <laughs> He's just got like a buddy. No idea who it is. Pretty much like moral support. That's
0: like us, right? I'm just like, yeah, man, like, I'm just kind of here, like up on a stage. I'm going to smoke my cigarette because it's the 70s and I can do that. <laughs> Man, I miss the 70s. Can you miss something you never experienced? Um, Well, I think from how many times we've watched Bohemian Rhapsody, I think <laughs> we can say we miss the 70s.
1: <laughs> and how much my mom has described her high school years. Yes. To me.
0: Same. Right? Yep. 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 <clears throat>
1: anyway, we're not talking about the 70s. No. Nope. We're talking about Kathmandu. You guys,
0: Kathmandu is a really fascinating city. Yeah. We like it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we like living here. I feel like we should give a background of like the geography of Kathmandu. You do it, girl. Okay. So, Kathmandu is in the Kathmandu Valley. We are basically in a big bowl surrounded by hills, which is why it's so polluted. Yeah. All of the like air just gets trapped in here, and there's like brick factories and a lot of cars and various vehicles. Yeah. So, we're just in this fun little. What are the, what's that thing, like that dome that people got, like, you know, they're like stuck in? It's like Super Dome or some crap like that. The dome? The Stephen King novel? Maybe. No, no. Not that one. Bubble. The anyway. Sandy Cheeks House. Let's just cut that. Have we convinced you guys to come
1: here yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and the valley is surrounded by hills. They are hills, they are not mountains. Despite how very tall they look, yeah, they're yeah, they got green stuff on them. So in Nepali terms, they're hills. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm gonna give you a really short history. Don't worry, it won't be boring at all. So a very very long time ago, uh, the valley was divided into three ancient kingdoms. So there was Kathmandu, Patan, and Bhaktapur, and today they are all three. Separate cities within the valley. But Kathmandu is like where you will fly into where the airport is. It's where places like Tamil is where if you're a trekker, you will probably read about and or stay in. We live south of that. So we say that we live in Kathmandu, but technically we live in a different city. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I tell Nepal, I like, yeah, I live in Kathmandu. And then I'm like, they're like, where? And
1: I say, Dobigat, which is like our neighborhood. They're like, oh, so you live in Patton, <laughs> not Kathmandu. <laughs> like, well, it's Inside Ring Road. So there's a big road that goes in a circle around the whole city. So it's all like one metro area, but we're technically separate. We're in yep. a separate district.
0: Yeah. So we are across the Bagmati River. That's when it becomes our city, Patan. Aha. And then there's like other cities
1: around like Outside Ring Road, there's Boda, which is like a Tibetan area. Um, Bhaktipur, which is one of the old kingdom cities. There's Kirtipur, which is up on this hill. Looks like San Francisco, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. There's lots to do in this valley.
0: It's magical. Yeah. Yep. But don't worry. Don't get overwhelmed. I know that was a lot of information. We have all the information for you. We are here to lay it out in all its simplicity. That's right. So Kathmandu is divided into tons of neighborhoods
1: And they all kind of have different feels. Some of them are really crowded and busy. Some of them are more chill, like where we live. And you can go so short, just a few kilometers outside Ring Road and be in a straight-up village. Yeah. Rural time. Yeah. So you can really access a lot from the city, which is fun. So the first thing on our list of things to do in Kamandu is look
0: at temples. Not a super difficult goal to attain. There are lots and lots of temples. They're
1: literally everywhere. Just like walking randomly down the street, you'll see one.
0: Yep. But there are certain areas where they're more concentrated. So
1: you have Patan, you have Kathmandu, Bhaktipur. There's some in Kirtipur as well, where there's these like squares that's just full of temples and they're all a huge range of ages like from like 800 a thousand years old to just built like a couple hundred years ago and they're all different mixtures of cultures and religions and different eras of different kings that have reigned and history culture excitingness that
0: you should learn about (laughs) Um some of them are more used to tourists visiting them, and some of them are only for actual like Hindu worshippers or whatever the religion is. so just maybe check on that before if there's any signs that say no foreigners or something like that then or no yeah. photos or no yeah. cow leather, yeah, yeah, just. Be sensitive of that. And sometimes you'll have to pay an admission fee at certain mm-hmm. ones. And don't resent the admission fee. Yeah.
1: I used to. I'm like, I am to see if I can get in for free. No, nah.
0: yeah. it, it helps
1: support maintaining these really amazing historical buildings. And for a lot of them that fell in the earthquake, it helps support rebuilding them. And yeah, it's a really important part of Nepal. Nepal mm-hmm. is a very religious country. Religion and spirituality is just woven throughout people's days and it's a really
0: interesting thing to get to experience. Mm-hmm. Number two is to ride a toodle. What is a toodle, you ask? Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you would like to know. Um, a toodle is a ride-sharing app like Uber or Lyft or Grab if you're in Asia. Um, this is a very recent addition to our lives here in Nepal.
1: A very life-changing addition. Oh my gosh, it's
0: amazing. So um, it is only motorcycles and scooters. And it's so nice because often like, like I don't have a motorcycle. I just use my bicycle to get around. And so say for instance, last, a couple weeks ago, I went up to the North to see one of my friends and I'm not going to ride there on a bicycle. It takes like an hour and a half to get there. To take a taxi is pretty expensive and you have to like barter for the price. And it's just kind of emotionally tiring sometimes. And it takes just as long as cycling because of the traffic. But a toodle, you don't like it's fixed price. It is like a third or half the price of what you will pay for a good price taxi. And they come and pick you up wherever you are. Those of you who use Uber and those kind of
1: apps are not excited about this. We are so excited to be able to drop a pin and have someone show up at that pin.
0: It's amazing.
1: And it's so fun because you like put in what you want, you know, you press like book, confirm booking, and then usually you get a call from the driver and they're like, hey, where are you? Like. I'm at the, cho- the intersection. Do you see me? I'm like, yeah, I'm wearing a red jacket. And you like, look, and there's a guy in the motorcycle and he waves at you. And you're like, <sighs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he shows up and you just like hop on the back and just go. It's awesome. It's so
0: great. So like, like yeah, when I, I was going up to Boda a couple weeks ago and it was basically like it felt like a mini tour, like it was really bad traffic time. And so my toodle driver like went really far around instead of just going straight because he knew that he would be stuck in traffic and mm-hmm. so he took a longer way so we could keep moving the whole time. And I hadn't been on this back way before. And so at one point we like went way up on this hill behind the airport. Oh my god! And like you can see all of Boda. So you can see the stupa. What? And he's like He's like, oh, yeah, can you see the stew But I'm like, oh, my God, this is so pretty. And, like, the sunset was happening. What? And, yeah, and it felt like a tour. I was like, this is so nice. I love Nepal so much. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like I love Nepal
1: when I'm on a toodle. There's yeah. <laughs> something about it. Dude, once I had a toodle driver who hopped up on the sidewalk to go around oh my God, yes. It was
0: epic. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a good experience. Yeah, you should definitely. And yeah, if you guys are just visiting, then just download the app. You just need a local phone number mm-hmm. to be able to download it. So um, use your friend's phone yeah. number. <laughs> Most of the time, they speak English. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. very low stress. It's so fun. Dude, another thing you should do
1: if you come to Kathmandu is see a live show of some kind. I feel like this is a good travel tip for literally anywhere you Mm. go because you can get such a fun taste of local culture. My friend was visiting recently and we went to this fundraiser for an organization called Women Lead that is like a women's empowerment organization helping women to be leaders in their community. And so they had this fundraiser where they had women performing like local dance, local singing, they had stand up comedy, they had uh, like spoken word performance. And it was so cool and just so interesting to see what kind of topics are important to Nepalese, you know, what's relevant to people, how they express emotions in different ways, maybe than a Westerner would or whatever. So, yeah, see some music, see a play, see stand-up
0: comedy. Highly recommended. Number four on our list is to buy a newspaper. Oh, my gosh, you guys. This is – well, we have a very specific newspaper in mind that you should buy. I
1: think any of them are good. There's three English newspapers in Kathmandu,
0: in Nepal. Kathmandu Post – Nepali Times and Himalayan Times. Yeah. And they're all great. I think Nepali Times is the best. Yeah. <laughs> we used to get Kathmandu Post at my house. Yeah. But they Kathmandu Post though is a daily newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like more overwhelming for me. Like uh, I can't keep up with it I that see. often and Nepali Times is only twice a week. Oh, I didn't so realize that. Okay. It- It feels more manageable. I have time to like read the whole thing. I always like the Sunday edition Mm. um, uh, or Saturday, I guess. No,
1: the Friday one is a special one. Okay. Yeah. Because it has like stuff for the weekend and yeah. But anyway, the fun thing about newspapers here is they just have a really different way of expressing things. (laughs) I don't even know how to say it. And like what, even what they find interesting, like... There'll just be an article. It's like, school in Ramachop, thirty girls fainted and so school closed down. <laughs> and that's like the whole article. And you're like, what? <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. Yeah. They fainted. Why? What happened? Or like they'll they'll print pictures of criminals with what they did
0: and their full name. Like where they're from. Like
1: whoa, shame, public shame. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nepali Times. The editor. Um, I think he was schooled in America so like I feel like his humor and like how he writes things is a little more accessible feeling to Mm -hmm. us Americans in Kathmandu but he also does an editorial piece on the back page. It's called The Ass. (laughs) It has a picture of a donkey um, and it's like satirical. Like a satirical column.
1: It's so good. And it's
0: like A little bit it it's so much culture learning it's so fun to read and um yeah it's just very refreshing (laughs) i think
1: yeah i love it i also love i feel like a lot of the writers it feels like they're using a thesaurus all the time yeah it's like technically the correct usage of that word but it like sounds so weird and like no one in the u.s would ever say that maybe british people would (laughs) i can't vouch for that but (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's that's really fun. Really, really fun. Yeah.
0: So that one is the Nepali Times. Mm-hmm. Buy a Nepali Times. Uh,
1: next on our list, number five is go to Botmatini or any grocery store, really.
0: <laughs> Dude, I can. I, I mean, I know that we made this list, but this is such a good list. Like, <laughs> there's so much. Like you're like, man, I really have to read the sub points on this because, like, what the heck is Botmatini? <laughs>
1: So Babatini is the largest supermarket chain in Nepal. And it's not just a supermarket. They sell furniture, they sell clothing, they sell kitchen items. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is something that you can do in any country that I think is really fun is to just see what it's like to go shopping, you Mm -hmm. know. So of course, you should go to the small local stores called Puzzles that just have, you know, kind of the normal everyday things. But going to the Big fancy supermarket. I think is so telling about a culture, and what people find important. Like there's two aisles of cookies at yeah. Martini,
0: and they're like like floor to ceiling. Oh my gosh, it's insane! And then like you
1: know, I don't know other aisles that maybe to us would be bigger. Like there's like two kinds of toothpaste. Like, yeah, you know? yeah.
0: It's so fascinating. It's like the rice aisle. Yeah. And the cookies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And
1: there's a whole aisle of, like, uh, religious stuff. Mm, yeah. Like, you can buy the special candles and incense and, like, all the things you need for religious holidays. Yeah.
0: yeah it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: friggin' overwhelming, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the aisles man. are always full of people who work there, like, restocking the shelves. <laughs> How is this possible? How and they are you are always just, like, staring at you? Yeah, you try to get by, and they just look at you like, uh, <laughs> like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> like,
0: Can you move? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: Number six is the Palace Museum, dude. Have you been to the Palace Museum? Oh yeah, a few times, okay. like two or three times at it's least.
1: One of my favorite things to do. It, in Canada yeah, me you. too. So what it is is the monarchy in Nepal. Was around until 2007, which is
0: 2007? I thought it was 2001. So
1: recent. So the palace massacre was in 2001. Oh, right. But right, right. then after the king was killed, which is a whole other story. I want to do a whole episode about that yeah. someday. His brother became the king mm-hmm. and he was king until I believe 2007. Yeah. yeah. And now he's chilling out in poker. That's right. He's ready. He's like, you guys, if you ever want a king, I'm okay. here. <laughs> I'm available. (laughs) But they like immediately turned the palace around and turned it into a museum, basically without changing it from how the royal family was living. And so you walk through it, Ikea style. (laughs) You just have like this little path that you follow through the whole building and you can like go out to the back and see the gardens and stuff. And dude, is it an interesting place. Yeah.
0: Like very surreal, I feel like because it's such recent history, mm-hmm. and so it's like like a little signpost, place where Queen Mother was shot. You're like bullet holes in the wall. You're <laughs> yeah. like whoa.
1: Well, and I think for me, one of the fascinating things about it is we don't have royalty in the U.S. Yeah. So to me, that feels like ancient history, and to see how royalty was carried out, mm-hmm. just like. 10 years ago it's so crazy like it's this the palace was built in the 70s i believe 60s or 70s because
0: it it burned down and then they rebuilt a new one right and it looks like it's from the 70s
1: or 80s man man. yeah they're trying to be so mod and it's like all really old now (laughs) but it's mixed it's a mix of that like, weird desire to be modern with like this ancient Hinduism and like these kind of ancient ideas about royalty. And oh my gosh, yeah, it's so interesting. And there's like, you know, pictures of the Nepali royal family meeting with the dignitaries from other countries, meeting with like the Queen of England yeah. and like gifts given to them. One of my favorite things I find so interesting actually is the room. Like, they have the rooms where visiting dignitaries Mm -hmm. would stay. And just think about 2007. Like, that is where George W. Bush would have slept in that room. Or, like, one year later, Obama. Like, I just like to picture these, like, modern figures in my mind in this, like, very ancient-looking bedroom. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind.
0: I something I really like about it is that there's like for all of the visiting dignitaries, there's like these huge rooms, and then you also get to see the king and queen's private room, and it's like very small. Yeah, like it's connected to his pri- to the king's office, right? Yeah, his office where
1: he's got like an eight track tape player. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this um humongous box TV. Yeah that uh, the two i think TV. it was gifted by the japanese government or something like that probably and it's huge and like yeah it's fascinating to me but even yeah their that their bedroom is so small like i mean it's really nice it feels very intimate and stuff but it's, yeah, it's it so looks much very than lived visitors. in yeah in comparison right it's Super mean interesting. it was <laughs> yeah
1: until like
0: so recently you know there's so many places in there that i really want to go though that i don't have access to i want to see a bathroom me too that is my (laughs) ultimate goal sneak into a bathroom i bet they have a hot pink squatty potty i hope
1: so oh my gosh that'd be amazing
0: i don't know
1: dude it was fun the first time i went there i went with a nepali he was like giving us Mm -hmm. a tour of the city and he had never been in before and he's like about your age and he was, it was fun to watch him because he had seen all of this on TV, right. you know, like he had seen the king sitting there with foreign dignitaries, whatever. And then he was standing in that room. And that would be like if we got to go in the Oval Office, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling like, whoa, yeah. <laughs>
0: pretty cool. And it's really special because this is not, well... This is not an international tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. Like the most of the people who are going are, I think, a lot of Nepalis coming in from the village, and so like like
1: school children. Yeah,
0: and like the ladies will be really dressed up, like in their nicest saris or like really nice outfits, and
1: yeah. Right, how weird would that be to be a Nepali that grows up with a king that was like really beloved, Mm -hmm. and then have him killed, and now you can go in his house? Yeah, (laughs) that would be freaky. Yeah.
0: But yeah, we definitely suggest you go. I think it's mm-hmm. 500 rupees. Yeah, practical considerations.
1: It has weird opening hours, and mm. it's not open every day. So be sure and check the hours yeah. before you go.
0: But it is in a good location. Like It's very close to Tamil. Yeah, very yeah. close to Tamil. Mm-hmm. Okay, next thing
1: you got to do. My friend calls this alley culture. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Kathmandu has lots of big, wide streets. Well, <laughs> relatively. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has teensy, tiny, narrow streets. And you got to get on them streets, mm-hmm. dude.
0: Yeah, it's not what you would think, of, or what we would think of as alleys, because they're main roads. They're just very, very small. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, where real Kathmandu
1: is, you yeah. know? If you just go on, like, the main paved roads, you'll see lots of bright stores and other stuff. But yeah. You feel like if you want to see the old ladies walking around, and you want to see the little Momo shop that Mm -hmm. no one's ever heard of and doesn't have a name,
0: you got to go in the alleys. Yeah, gives you a totally different culture. Like on the big streets, you're like, wow, my gosh, everyone in Kathmandu like speaks and writes in English. This is so crazy. And then you turn and go three yards, and everything is in Nepali (laughs) or Nawari. Yeah, you're like.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I found Katmandu. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's amazing. And there's so many cool like different shops mm-hmm. and like, you know, you can buy like cool copper handicrafts or scarves or saris or really bad quality Asian clothes. Yeah. Or just... All
0: the Chinese cast offs. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all of the camera stores are in one street. Yeah. <laughs> so go exploring. Get lost. And here's a side tip for that. Use maps.me. Mm. Google has more businesses on it, but it doesn't have all the back roads. So sometimes you'll look on Google and it's like, where am I? And there's just a pin like in the middle of the block. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Including my house. There's no road there. <laughs> So if you download the app, maps.me it's a crowdsourced app and it has like every tiny weird staircase that leads to a temple it's Amazing, but, yeah it's perfect
0: mm. and also located on a narrow street is one of our favorite momo places it's called bota momo so Herb. yeah bota Momo.
1: yeah they got all the momos yeah you guys may have noticed we talk about momos a lot on this show because they're the best Thing ever and there are so many kinds of momos and we love ranking them mm-hmm. and this place has all the kinds
0: yeah i feel like they kind of started out being known for their open momos which is my personal favorite yeah i mean they are so fun and they ha- this is the restaurant with the best selection of sauces to go on the momo I yes think. yeah like they have a huge uh so i don't know probably like yeah 20 different sauces or something. Mm-hmm. And you can just go up there yourself and choose which ones you want. It's delicious. Yeah, you can get deep fried mamas. Do they have chili mamas? Yeah.
1: You can get all yep. the kinds. Yep. Steamed,
0: kate, you name it, they yeah. got it. Do they have multiple locations? They do. I've only ever been to the one in Patan, but uh, yeah. I can't remember where else it was. Look on the internet because yep. that's kind of a thing in Nepal. B-O-T-A, Momo. And
1: just a tip for Nepal and Kathmandu travel. Most places don't have websites. They just have Facebook pages. So if you're looking for a business, go to Facebook. Okay, speaking of food, I've already talked about this, but my favorite food in Nepal is called Niwari food. It's the local ethnic group to the Kathmandu Valley. They've been here for ages and ages. They're the ones with the cool calendar that I talked about last episode, and it's the year (laughs) 11-something, 43. (laughs) I'm just going to take a guess. But their food is quite different from other kinds of Nepali food. It has different spices. They prepare it really differently. So it's really fun and spicy and Mm de-friggin-licious. So my tip to you is... Go to, if you're in Patton, go to Village Cafe. If you are in the Kathmandu side, I don't know. There's a place in Tamil. So out. many. But if you are willing to go outside the city a little bit, go to Kirtipur. Mm-hmm. That is the hill city outside of Kathmandu. And it is totally Nawari And their food is
0: incredible. Yeah. So good. There's Nawari no- people all over Kathmandu yeah. Valley and all of Nepal, but you see the name Shrestha, you know they Newari,
1: yeah, and they call their language Nepal Basa, which means Nepal language. So I feel like they're like <laughs> they secretly think like we're the real Nepalis. They yeah. <laughs> love
0: it, but all of the like Durbar Squares, if you come, Kathmandu Durbar Square, Patan Durbar Square, Bhaktapur Durbar Square, those are like. The three ancient kingdoms, that's where their, what do you call it? Their royal palaces were. So those are all Nawari uh, areas. So go to those places, mm-hmm. go to some of the small alleys and mm-hmm. find some good Nawari food. Yes. And buy a Nepali Times and read it while mm-hmm. you're eating. Oh my gosh, that sounds like such a good day.
1: We should just do this.
0: Yeah. And then get like waffles afterwards. <gasps> yeah.
1: Just go as far east as we can and then as far west.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys, there's a bunch of new waffle restaurants in Kathmandu. This is nine point five. <laughs> yeah. We're trying them all. You guys should too. Yep. Okay. The last thing on our list, in no particular order, of amazing things that you gotta do when you're in Kathmandu. Go to Boda. Yes. Boda na. Boda mm. na. Boda-na-na-na-na. There's a longer name, but I just call it Boda. (laughs) (laughs) So Boda is on the east side of the city, outside of Ring Road, and it's kind of its own place. It's very Tibetan. It's where all the Tibeto-Burman group people move when they come to Kathmandu. And it has a completely different feel from the rest of the city. Um, I love going there because it's quieter Talk about some good alley culture. They got really interesting, different things. And the big attraction there is the Boda Stupa, which is the biggest Buddhist stupa, which is like a Buddhist temple thing in Asia.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you see pictures of it and then you go and you're like, oh my gosh, this is humongous. And (laughs) then you live here and you go like every month and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so huge every single time. You
1: never get used to it. Yeah. It's really cool because – so one of the things that Tibetan Buddhists do is they'll walk around these stupas, and they're, like, very into circles, so spinning prayer wheels and that kind of thing. So walking around is, like, a very important prayer-type thing you can do. So you'll just – you go there, and there's just, like, whoever lives near the stupa will come there in the morning or evening and just walk around, like, a million times, and that's a religious ritual. Mm. So I love visiting in the early morning and, like, sitting on a rooftop and grabbing breakfast. There's or some good breakfast places. There, there are some really good breakfast places or going in the evening as the lights are dimming. Mm-hmm. And then they have lights that shine up on the stupa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so pretty. We should just go there right they now. Have like,
0: um, guys, go, yeah, they have like, you guys are going to go by. Yeah, for real. That they have like, they put marigold juice around the stupa. So if you go and you see like this orangish yellow line around It's not that the stupa is dirty or something. It's part of their religious practice that they put marigold juice around it. Yeah. It's so cool.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a very fun place. It's fun and gorgeous. And you can go
0: and get some Tibetan food, get some (gasps) Tibetan tea, and then get some luffing. Mm, Yeah. Or Tibetan Momo. Yeah. The big fluffy ones. (whistles) So good. Tibetan food is
1: yummy. We should do a whole episode about Tibetan food. We really should. We're getting so many
0: ideas. (laughs) I mean, there's like how many people groups like 80 or something so like that many. yeah that's a lot of episodes yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you guys I hope that this episode gave you some fun ideas of cool
0: things to do in yeah. do that are a little bit off the beaten path we are gonna go out and venturing we had inspired ourselves I know <laughs> yeah the best
1: <laughs> all right um you guys I think it's time for our
0: segment of the week. Our segment of the week. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs>
1: yeah, so our segment this week, we're talking about the Enneagram.
0: Yeah, so last week we announced that we were going to be talking about the Enneagram. So... I hope you all did your homework. Yeah. And if you haven't and you want to guess what our Enneagrams are... Press pause right now. Yep. Come back to it. We'll be here waiting for you. Yes. We're very patient. All right. So if you're not a big old nerd like us, or you just haven't discovered the beauties of the Enneagram personality (laughs) test. um, Yeah. Do you want to explain what Enneagram is big? I would love to. So I'm an analyzer.
1: So, I love personality tests, and this is one of my favorites. It's called Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Hard to spell. It's weird. I don't know the history of it. But the way it works is there are nine types, and they're all in a circle. So, um, the thing that I like about this personality test, I think, is they talk about kind of like what you're normally like, so what your personality is. But then... Like in stressful or unhealthy times of your life, you probably move toward another personality type. And then when you're really healthy in a really super good place, then you probably move toward even a different one. So it's not static. Like it's not like this is who you are and it never changes. I really like that about it. Mm -hmm. So as an example, we can talk about ourselves. You guys can get to understand it a
0: little better. Do you want to go first, White? What is your Enneagram type? So, I, and I will say that my Enneagram fits me very well. <laughs> yes. Um, I am a three with a four wing. And what does that mean? I don't really know what wings mean exactly. <laughs> well, what are the numbers? <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> so in short, a three is the achiever, the success oriented, pragmatic type, adaptable, excelling, driven, And image-conscious. That's why you've been wearing lipstick all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. I'm straight reading this (laughs) as a quote. But I'm like, yes. But yeah, that is me. (laughs) Ambitious, competent, energetic. They can also be status-conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. And then it says, my basic fear, being worthless. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> me. So true. Basic desire is to feel va- valuable and worthwhile. Key motivations want to be affirmed, to, be, to distinguish themselves from others, to have attention, <laughs> podcast, <laughs> 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 to be admired, and to impress others.
1: So I admire you. Oh, thanks. So you are an achiever, but that's not all you are because you
0: have a four wing, which is the individualist, right? Yes, it is. It's the sensitive, introspective type.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's like your artist side, right? It's like
0: expressive, like, you know, kind of. It's like being creative, but then also having the need to like be super well-known mm. for whatever that you're doing. Mm-hmm. A four is sensitive, introspective, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
1: That's just a wing, though. Some of them sound more negative. <laughs> so for your main personality type, the achiever, mm-hmm. this says that when you're in growth, so when you are like healthy then you move toward a six which is the loyalist meaning that yep. you're committed you're engaging responsible so when you're unhealthy you're moving toward a nine which means you become like really passive does that sound true of you yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's only so much energy definitely yeah <laughs> just like start cocooning
1: yeah, i remember Whatever you say sure actually that's really true like when we're when we travel together for work, I feel like you go into nine mode. I'm like, what do you want to do? And you're like, sure, whatever. <laughs>
0: just, whatever you I, think. I can't. I don't have any energy to think about what we can do. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. It was talking about healthy levels. So, so at their best, threes are self-accepting, interdirected, authentic, everything they seem to be, modest and charitable, with self-deprecating humor and fullness of heart. I was like, oh Dude, my gosh, self-deprecating so humor. That's like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And um actually, so I took the Enneagram and then I also took Myers Briggs again, and it was like super accurate for where I am in my life right now, both of them. And they like work really well together. And I went over um the results with my therapist. Nice. And she was like, Yeah yeah, that's you. (laughs) That's so you. That makes so much sense. (laughs) It's like so affirming.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So it was like, you remember last week when you were like, well, why do you feel like like that your ultimate fear, you know, that you keep cropping up this fear that you're worthless or, you know, that you like need to be known in some way. (laughs) And I'm like, look, It's just my my personality. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun.
1: So mine is I'm a type 7, which is called the enthusiast, but I also, my nickname for it is the FOMO. (laughs) Yes. Fear of missing out. So it's the busy variety seeking type. I'm spontaneous, versatile acquisitive and scattered (laughs) basically I just want to do all the things Mm -hmm. and I want to have so much fun playful high spirited practical I am very practical Um, it says they can also misapply their many talents become overextended or undisciplined which is totally Mm -hmm. tempting for me so the basic fear of type 7 is being deprived and in pain I don't know about the pain part so much but being deprived Mm -hmm. for sure like That's something that kind of, yeah, scares me. And then the basic desire is to be satisfied and content and to have their needs fulfilled, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I feel like one of the things that's really hard for me about living overseas is I can't ever feel real settled, like be totally satisfied Mm -hmm. with like any part of my life. I mean, I'm good at my job, but there's things that I'll never be that good at right. because it's the cross-cultural. And I like my friends, but I can't be totally content like with one settled friend group because people are coming in and out mm-hmm. or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's like a big challenge for me. And then I'm a, a seven with an eight wing, which they call the realist. And the eight wing is more of like, the take charge kind of person. That's called the challenger. Powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful. So, I think I take on that personality type a lot more at work.
0: Yeah. Like, I'd say so.
1: Yeah, so when I'm unhealthy, I go into type 1, which is the reformer.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's the one thing about this, one. I'm like perfectionistic and critical.
1: No, I when I'm unhealthy, I just like I think I become. Do
0: you become a nine as well? I think I become a four. (laughs) (laughs) The like artistic, dramatic.
1: (laughs) I just like hide in my bed and like
0: Uh... draw
1: pictures. I don't know. (laughs) But in growth, I become a five, which is like the. (laughs) It's called the investigator. It's the intense cerebral type. So, you know, I like do all this research and
0: I like really think through things. And yeah. Anyway. Dude, I feel like I got some fives. But I feel like it's funny because this says. When moving in their direction of integration or growth, gluttonous, scattered sevens become more focused and fascinated by life. Jeez like, <laughs> Louise and and Graham, calm it down. Like gluttonous is a really strong term. Okay, it's true though. <laughs> I eat,
1: when I'm unhealthy, I eat too much, I drink too much, I hang out with people too much, I <laughs> like, don't, <laughs> don't sleep enough so true you get me enneagram you get me i was thinking though okay so besides just talking about ourselves because you guys want to hear all about our personalities (laughs) i was thinking i wonder if there's some types that are more common for people who move overseas Mm. because like one of our friends viking one of our supporters um he was asking what our enneagrams are and he's the exact same one as me (laughs) (laughs) But as you were talking, I was thinking there probably are some that would be more of the kind of person who would leave their natural habitat mm-hmm. to go try something new. And I think the reformer definitely would be yeah, one. Like, yeah. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make things better. Or the hel- the helper maybe, but they would need someone else to motivate them more probably. And your type, the achiever, I can see that, too. Yeah. It's like, I want to excel in this field. And in order to do that, I need to move to another country. And mm-hmm. I need to, you know, the enthusiast, like, let's try everything, including yeah. every country, <laughs> and
0: every, you know, like, way of life or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Somebody should do, like, a psychological study. Yeah, on that.
1: like who tends to be mm-hmm. exats, who tends to be overseas. I
0: mean, I do think like with my Myers-Briggs type, I think is pretty – I can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's uh, yes. fairly idealistic. And so I think that's common if you work for an INGO. Mm, definitely. and you yeah. know, you're like, I'm going to go and do some good for the world. I'm going to save the world. We all end up here. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Teresa over here. Oh, good grief. <laughs> Even Mother Teresa wasn't Mother Teresa, you know what I mean? Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: um, hope you guys enjoyed us talking about our own personalities. <laughs> we want to hear from you
0: guys. Yeah. Does anybody have the same personality types as us? Dude, yes. <laughs>
1: If you do, can you, like, give us some tips on how to be healthier people? Yes. (laughs) We would love that. Dude, we should look at what the relationship between seven and a three is. True. Okay, let's do that. This is a highly complimentary Mm. pair. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yay. So, you guys, we're looking at the page that shows um, how our two personalities interact with each other. So we're both assertive and have high energy and are outgoing. (laughs) Um, We both bring optimism, future orientation, possibility, and renewal. We're the best. (laughs) This is why we started a podcast together. Wait, I want to see potential trouble or spot issues. Ooh. Oh, this is also an extremely volatile couple. Hey, we're a couple now. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost too much electricity under one roof. Maybe we shouldn't get married. I mean,
0: rats. <laughs> but, like, also that makes sense, doesn't it? Because, like, I mean, we thought of starting a podcast when we were – it was just us out on fieldwork. And we, like, start, like – snowballing off of each other and it gets to be like insane yes and we think we're geniuses oh sorry other friends we can be exhausting to keep up with and
1: our mutual qualities <laughs> make it difficult to admit or look at our problems oh my
0: gosh it's us.
1: they both feel pressure to be fabulous and perfect all of the time
0: <laughs> oh no good thing we are fabulous and perfect all the time
1: <laughs> i just want to <laughs> apologize to all of our friends and coworkers.
0: So the focus
1: is on sociability, going out, having adventures together, and on realizing possibilities, and on finding personal fulfillment. This describes (laughs) our friendship perfectly. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, my friends, I was talking about personality types with one of my friends, and I was reading the relationship description of like how her and her husband would interact mm. with their personality types. <laughs> and she was like so weirded out because it was so mm. accurate. And she's like, I kind of hate this. This feels like some sort of weird like predestination, no free will. Like our relationship <laughs> yeah. has to play out exactly this way because these are our personality type. So like I mean that yeah, but also it perfectly describes yep. you, which is so satisfying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I think that's what I like about personality tests. It's like so satisfying when you can like find the category and it like gets you. Yes. Love <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: Doesn't always happen.
1: Anyway, um, like we said, we want to hear from you. What's your personality mm-hmm. type? Is it exactly the same as ours? What do you think is the, are likely personality types that would move overseas? What has your experience been? Shout it out, kids. Yep. We
0: like you. Yep. No matter your personality type, we like you.
1: Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Well, you guys email us at bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram for cool pictures and our Facebook for other cool stuff. And find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you're listening right now. And rate us because we want everyone to know how cool you think we are. Or not cool. I mean, if you only give us one start, we'll be sad, but
0: we appreciate your honesty. But if you do think we're really cool and you aren't already a Patreon supporter, look us up on Patreon. Yeah, dude.
1: We don't use the money for anything but mm-hmm. podcast
0: stuff. We promise. Yeah. There is so much podcast <laughs> stuff that we would love to do. <laughs> yes. So, hook a girl up. Uh, we're almost
1: to our first level where we're going to release a special bonus episode yeah we're really excited about it so so please support us and please. then you'll get to hear us being hilarious and awesome
0: even more <laughs> <laughs> um do you remember the big white secret we're like undercover and all of that da,
1: da, da, na, da, da, na.
0: yep that's us anyway yeah i, I Should guess we just hang up no i think so i think i'm gonna go okay 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 well All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay. Uh, Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. See you next week. Okay. Bye. 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 Katmandu, I'll soon be seeing you and your strange bewildering time will hold me down.